Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I am really glad you have joined us. A little later in the show, we are going to talk about the bills making their way through the Michigan State Legislature that would really radically alter our system of no-fault insurance. These are bills that would take uh, a big step toward, uh, they say, lowering the incredible premiums that we pay for insurance in this state. But there are a lot of people who are really concerned that these bills also strip us of the protections that we have in case we get into auto accidents, the massive coverage that is often necessary when people are hurt and hurt for a long time. That's been a feature of our insurance uh, programs for a really long time here in Michigan. Uh, Lots of people are concerned that in order to lower rates, what we're doing is giving away a lot of that safety net. So we're going to talk with uh, Jonathan Osting. He's a political reporter at the Detroit News who has been all over this issue. We'll also talk with State Senator Pete Lucido. He's a Republican from Shelby Township. He is in favor of this reform in this uh, in this way. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. That'll get started at about half past the hour. Uh, we wanted to begin the hour with Lavora Barnes, who is the new chair of the Michigan Democratic Party, but we are still waiting for her to arrive. And while we do that, I think it's a great time to talk about something else that is going on in Lansing and in capitals all over the country right now. We're starting to see abortion bills take shape really radical abortion bills that in some cases ban abortion altogether. Um, Take the 1973 Supreme Court ruling of Roe v. Wade and turn it on its head. Uh, Others are sort of nibbling at the edges of what's left of the rights that were uh, strengthened by Roe v. Wade, uh, taking uh, real bites out of Women's access to uh, that kind of that kind of care. Um, uh, Jake Neer is a producer here on Detroit Today. He joins me in the studio now to talk about what is going on in Lansing and how it reflects what's going on around the nation. Jake, welcome to the studio. Hey, Stephen. Yeah. So, uh, talk about these bills in Lansing that uh, that we have seen crop up. This is not isolated. It is not also um, uh, without. Real coordination, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, with with what's going on in other states. Absolutely. I mean, this is a national, nationwide effort on Republicans' part to put these issues in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, absolutely. Now that they think that they have the votes that they might need to change, alter, or overturn Roe v. Wade, this is uh, definitely part of a much larger strategy to get that in front of the the court and see exactly you know what what could happen with this, um, and it's it's really interesting because uh, this isn't new in the Michigan legislature. When I covered the legislature for four years uh, in Lansing between 2012 and 2016, there were constantly bills like this coming through um, that you know either uh, were either were successful, signed into law that restricted uh, abortions in some way, shape, or form, um, or sort of usually around the edges. This one is different in a couple ways. For one thing, because it is such a specific ban uh, in this in this case for this specific procedure, but also because uh, it is 
coming through again at the same time as so many other bills in so many other states. I believe Alabama right now, there is a bill going to the governor that's likely to become law uh, in that state. So um, this is, I mean, it, it's very clear. And, and to me, it's it's also kind of interesting. And this goes for both sides uh, complaining about activist judges. You have to wonder now about uh, Republicans. Uh, you know, if you, if you voted for this bill as part of this nationwide effort, can you really complain about trying to make uh, essentially legislation through the courts. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting about this issue, I think, for conservatives, uh, Republicans in this country, is that it kind of cuts uh, across two, two dynamics. One, of course, is their deep belief that abortion is wrong, that uh, as I heard a legislator in Alabama on uh, NPR earlier this morning talking about uh, that it's murder, uh, that, that they just really believe that this is not um, uh, an acceptable way to deal with uh, women's women's health and the health of, of unborn children. At the same time, it has a political dimension that I think for Republicans is far more difficult to deal with. Mm. And, uh, you know, poll after poll after poll shows that Americans support the idea that women should decide for themselves what to do with pregnancies that are, are unwanted. Um, and when Republicans lean into this issue this way, I think there's always a great danger that they overplay their hand mm. uh, and that they are out. Um, not just in front of what Americans think, but but contravening that that thought. And I I'm a little surprised, I guess, that right now where uh, they do seem to have some advantages going into the 2020 uh, presidential election, namely that uh, that Democrats don't have a single candidate that they can get behind mm -hmm. to challenge the president. I'm not sure why you would essentially light this fire uh, in the middle of uh, of that possibility. I, I think that for a lot of the party apparatus, and this is me speculating because I have not talked with too many people on the inside here, but the my suspicion is that there's a lot of people that just been waiting for this opportunity for decades, right? That there hasn't been an opportunity in their minds to get this issue in front of uh, the Supreme Court in this way until now. I mean, that's that's sort of what I assume is sort of the thought. But I, I see exactly what you're saying that, um, you know, there is a potential for something like this to backfire. Uh, but, you know, it, it, this is an issue that used to not be so um, partisan and dug in. I mean, this is an issue that where you'd find a lot of Democrats on on both sides of this issue, some Republicans on both sides of this issue. And it, it's a, I think it's a reflection of, again, just how partisan this has become. Now, an interesting aspect here in Michigan is that, uh, politically speaking, one of the things that is being talked about, if, if Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer vetoes this, these bills, if it reaches, if they reach her desk, which is exactly what she would do in that case, that's what she's promised, that there might be a ballot campaign that they would, you know, collect petition signatures uh, and either get around uh, Gretchen Whitmer through a petition initiative, which is very likely, uh, or put it on the ballot. That could play out politically for Republicans, at least here in Michigan, um, in a way that really revs up the base, really gets out a certain sec uh, set of voters um, in the 2020 election uh, if if it were to go to the ballot. Um, so there are a lot of different ways that this could play out, especially here in Michigan. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens nationally if uh, something like this goes through. And, and especially because considering after uh, Donald Trump was elected, um, just how 
uh, how out front and uh, in front of uh, the the you know the, the women's marches, the the way that women have become involved in politics has become such a uh, front and center issue, mm-hmm. and it's such a really powerful. Um, you know, block of voters and uh, able to really get their message out there. I think this would really, really stoke that fire for sure. Yeah. Uh, if you want to join this conversation, tell us what you think about the abortion bills taking shape in Lansing, uh, maybe headed for the governor's desk. Uh, also, the uh, the bills that are taking shape in legislatures around the country that uh, take big bites out of a woman's right to choose uh, if they don't eliminate it altogether, which is what this bill in Alabama seems uh, to be leaning toward. Is this the way, the right way for Republicans to win the day on this issue, something they've wanted to do since 1973 when the Supreme Court said that uh, this was a matter between doctors and their patients? Uh, Or is this the Republicans overplaying their hands? Is it overplaying their political hand, given that A majority of Americans still really support the idea that women should choose for themselves. Uh, Is it overplaying their court hand? Are they misreading this Supreme Court and the changes that have taken place on that court? You've got two new justices, Neil Gorsuch uh, and Brett Kavanaugh, both of whom are presumed to oppose women's rights to to choose. uh, But are Republicans assuming that they would impose that thinking on uh, the nation uh, overturning an incredible precedent that has stood for more than 40 years. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Jake, uh, we've got callers already uh, lined up to talk about this issue. That's uh, never a surprise. <laughs> it's true. But before we get to that, I, I, I do want to talk about the court. Um, mm-hmm. I, I spent five terms covering the Supreme Court uh, in Washington, and I've always thought that Republicans have misread their advantages here. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this has played out several times since Roe. Uh, was decided where Republicans uh, baited uh, the ACLU and others into suing to overturn laws that challenged Roe. Uh, they've always made some advance uh, on those issues. The court has narrowed that right to more than um, uh, more than it was established in 1973. But this idea that they would overturn it mm-hmm. or accept such radical change uh, on the backs of Nothing more than a presumed change in stance on the court, I think, is a real miscalculation. Uh, Mm. And I think the person that they're misreading this time, the way they misread David Souter in the past, the the way they misread Sandra Day O'Connor in the past, is is John Roberts, Mm -hmm. uh, the chief justice uh, of the Supreme Court, who, no question, a very conservative person, was a very and has been a very conservative jurist, but is a true conservative. And that means that he doesn't want to go near the idea of overturning precedents a whole lot. I mean, he's done it, of course. uh, All justices have uh, those issues where they will indulge the idea of overturning what the court has done in the past. Uh, But here, if if Chief Justice Roberts were to indulge this, this would be his legacy. There's no case he would ever face uh, in the future that would be bigger than this. And I just don't, I don't think, I don't think he's going to go there. I think they are, they are assuming something here 
that they can't get done. Yeah. What does it mean to be a conservative uh, jurist, right? I mean, uh, for for a conservative politician these days, the way we define a conservative politician, generally speaking, is one that is pro-life and will do whatever is necessary to uh, advance that agenda. For judges, for conservative judges, um, this, it's about precedent, right? It is about making sure that you are following the letter of the law. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is, uh, and, and it is it, it's sticking to the Constitution. So, I, you know, I think that, the, like you said, John Roberts, that's exactly who I was going to say, too. But also, uh, what about Neil Gorsuch? I mean, what about um, a lot of these, uh, you know, um, conservative justices on the court? I think uh, it's sort of a, a question mark as to whether or not, um, you know, where they would fall on this for that exact reason. And, and it also, I think a lot of people don't necessarily... Uh, think in some ways about how narrow or how wide uh, these decisions can come down, that it's not just a yes or no vote on overturning Roe v. Wade, correct? It's, it's definitely uh, the way that the, 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 the court rules is going to have big implications for how the law can play out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot of folks on the phones here waiting to talk about this. Uh, let's go to Kit in Clinton Township. Kit, welcome to Detroit Today in vitro fertilization clinics who also dispose of great numbers of surplus embryos um, are getting no flack. So I don't think this necessarily has to do with the sanctity of life um, or pro-life hmm. because we would definitely take care of the children after they're born. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. Yeah, go ahead. Easy Kat. to pardon. Go ahead. Oh, it's just very easy to defend a fetus and then forget the kids once they're born. Don't feed them. I mean, kids, they're, I just read someplace they want to take the kids lunch away if they didn't reach a certain hmm. reading level. Hmm. Yeah, I so mean, that, I, I, that's they, not pro-life. Yeah, there is some inconsistency, no question, uh, among Republicans and conservatives who support the idea of stricter regulation of abortion or bans on abortion in the sense that uh, they they are very enthusiastic about protecting unborn children and not as not always, I should say, as enthusiastic about uh, protecting children who who exist in in the world. Uh, I think that's a, a very old uh, kind of hypocrisy uh, that that shows up in that in that argument, but uh, um, I, I, no no question, Kit. I think it's one of the things that uh, that drives this. I really appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to Anne in Detroit. Anne, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hey. Um, I definitely believe that conservatives are taking advantage of the climate in our government government right now because if they were really concerned about women's health, they would make it more accessible. Like uh, I had insurance where we had to tell them that I had extreme acne to get my insurance covered because otherwise my birth control covered because otherwise it would cost me over a hundred dollars a month to get it. And without insurance, it can cost over a grand to get a UID and the Planned Parenthood makes it cheaper, but still it's very inaccessible for a lot of people who really need it and can't afford to have children, especially with the whole um, student loan like payments. Like mm. I cannot afford to have a child mm. because of my payments. And I definitely think that this is a totally political thing and not like we're not, they're not thinking about it the smart way, make it more accessible. Like mm. we've seen studies and 
how Colorado is handling uh, birth control and the um, effects that that is having, the positive effects. Yeah. And I uh, appreciate the perspective there and especially the personal side of that, how people live this issue all the time, every day in their lives in this country. It's one of the things that I think gets lost in the political discussion that takes place in legislatures where you have uh, people uh, uh, talking about their feelings, no no question important feelings about this issue, their religious beliefs uh, or other things that motivate them. But, but very seldom do we hear about the idea that this affects people's lives and it affects people's lives in ways that go far beyond uh, just the, uh, the question, the, the specific question of reproductive rights. It affects the way people would live their lives. Uh, and I really appreciate you calling and adding that dimension to the conversation. Uh, let's go to Charlie in Detroit. Charlie, welcome to Detroit today. Yeah, I, I just wonder how far the religious right or conservatives could take this. I mean, you outlaw uh, abortion. Then do you outlaw birth control, condoms, uh, men getting mastectomies? Aren't these all you know precious lives? That uh, Where does it stop? A great question, Charlie. Um, you know, Jake Neer, um, I, I want to talk a little about Lee Chatfield, who is hmm. the Speaker of the House in Lansing, uh, someone who is one of the strongest believers, I think, uh, in the legislature in terms of what motivates him. His religious beliefs are at the core of his political beliefs. No question this kind of assault on women's reproductive rights uh, for him is about saving lives, Mm -hmm. saving babies' lives. But I think Charlie asks an interesting question, which is, does it stop here? Is someone like Speaker Chatfield likely to say, well, this is just step one and we need to go even further? That's interesting. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what his what his end goal is, except for the fact that he is extremely pro-life. He, he wants to uh, make sure that um, abortions are uh, restricted in any way possible. So uh, that, that being said, I think that um, this is a really... Um, a reflection of uh, the political climate we're in. And also, I mean, the, those things that, that Charlie said, those those things about vasectomies and condoms and so forth, those are always things that Democrats bring up as possible amendments to these bills to make a point, mm-hmm. right? Uh, every time a bill like this comes in front of the legislature, uh, Democrats offer amendments that would, uh, you know, say, well, if we're going to do this, we might as well ban vasectomies or we might as well uh, ban, uh, you know, contraception in all forms. And and again, they're not seriously trying to get those things banned. They're trying to make it uh, very clear that, um, you know, this is in their mind a slippery slope toward, um, you know, to, to really, really restrictive things that affect people's lives and, and that we don't think of. I mean, it's, it, you know, that, that um, especially when you're a legislature that is dominated by white men, uh, that you are um, not thinking about the real impacts that these things have on real people's lives, especially people who already face uh, great, great um, oppression or uh, difficulty uh, in in daily, uh, you know, tasks in life uh, already. So it's, um, yeah, it is it is something that is uh, brought up very often in the legislature. Yeah. Okay, Jake Neer, producer here on Detroit Today. Thanks very much for coming in the studio to talk about this issue. Thanks, Stephen. Up next, we are going to meet LaVara Barnes, the new chair of the Michigan Democratic Party, who's going to join us. We'll start 
her conversation with what she thinks about this uh, new legislation about abortion unfolding here in Michigan and around the country. We'll also talk to her about the upcoming 2020 presidential contest. Also, remember, tomorrow, Marketplace Morning Report host David Brancaccio is going to join us here on Detroit Today. You're going to want to be here for that as well. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.